Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. Our first lesson today comes from the Psalms, the beloved Psalm 23, and listen now to the Word of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and He leads me beside the still waters, and He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us… Um listen to uh, the Scripture this morning, which is part of John 10, and it's part of a, a longer section of, of Scripture where Jesus is teaching and engaging and, and going about the task of healing, and it is known as the Good Shepherd passage, and it matches, if you will notice, with Psalm 30, 23 and with the hymns that we are singing today as well. So let us listen that we may hear what God will say to us. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that one is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door in the sh is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by his name and leads them out. When he has brought them out on his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him and they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will follow, they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. This figure Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not heed them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I am, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The word of the Lord. A voice is very important. A voice is something that we learn to recognize early on in our life. When a child is born, the child will learn the voice of her parents very soon. 
the child will learn what sounds are threatening and what sounds are pleasing. As we grow, we continue to listen and hear those voices in our life, those voices that call to us, that speak to us, that move us in different directions. The scripture in both the Psalms and in John 10 speak about knowing the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd, that image of shepherd, is so ancient and old, and yet we know we don't see many flocks of sheep walking down our streets and through our neighborhoods, do we? Maybe, maybe some do, I don't know. Maybe some of you have goats. But that image is powerful. It, it's one that, that animates our imagination and fills us. And we know the words, as Debbie shared with the children, many of us can recite that parts of that Psalm 23 because it is so ingrained in who we are. And knowing the voice is critical to the power of the shepherd. It's critical to the ability of the shepherd to, to lead. The power of that voice is real. The voice of the thief, or as the message translation renders that, the rustler, the, the, the one who will steal, that voice is not known, is not recognized, or it is understood that it is a threat and it does not come from the trusted voice. The sheep do not recognize that voice and they know that when they do not hear the voice they are accustomed to, something is up. The rustler is there to steal and to destroy. But the shepherd, the shepherd leads the flock to green pastures, to still waters, to the place where the soul can be restored. We know, though, that getting to that place can be tough. It's not always easy. There is a valley. The psalmist is quite plain about it. There is a valley of dark shadows. The King James Version says the valley of the shadow of death. But let's be honest. There are things in the world that are as difficult, if not more difficult, than death. Death is hard. There is no doubt about it. Having stood in the family circle of my own and with many other families at that time, I know death is hard. And I also have seen circumstances and situations that are also hard where there is no death, where there is pain, ongoing chronic pain of a deteriorating illness that lasts for years and years. I have seen and heard the valley of the shadow of sexual abuse and assault and how that carries forward for years. I have seen and heard the valley of the shadow of one who is living but has lost a loved one to murder. I have seen and lived with the valley of the shadow of surviving a natural disaster and trying to put your pieces back together 
with a home that has been destroyed, with a business that has been wiped out, with horrible circumstances. Pain is not just a physical condition. We may feel pain in our physical bodies, yet pain also is a spiritual condition. It is a spiritual sensation. We mark it and we speak about it as numbness or as tingling or a sharp stabbing pain or a dull throbbing pain. Some of you have reached that stage in life where you go to receive medical treatment and the staff ask you, on a scale of one to 10, or zero to 10, zero being no pain and 10 being the greatest pain you can imagine, rank your pain. I must confess to difficulty with that because at first, the first time that was asked, I thought I was in awful pain. But the second time I was asked, I realized that I was even in more pain than I was the first time. It's a scale and it, it fluctuates. Pain grabs our bodies, but it also grabs our souls and holds on tight to us. Yet, somehow, the shepherd leads us through those dark and difficult times. And the shepherd leads us to that place where the pastures are green and the waters are still and life is good. Anthony Robinson is a United Church of Christ minister, and he has written that the valley is not just about death. He notes that in the Jerusalem Bible translation, the phrase, I shall not want, is rendered, I lack nothing. I have enough, he writes. With God, I am enough right now. There are lots of times in our life when we are in that valley and in that shadow, and we worry about having enough. What enough is can vary. Sometimes we can think about it in terms of money and resources to pay for the bills we have, or as the Mother's Day offering goes, to assist those people who have exhausted their resources, and yet they are provided for, so they have enough through generosity of our own and through other hundreds and thousands of other people who express that generosity. But having enough is also about our sense of values. Sometimes we are told we are not enough. We are not good enough. We are not good enough to play on the team. We are not good enough to represent the family. We are not good enough to do something in business. But somehow, the message of the shepherd is that you do have enough for what you have right now. You may not have all of the things you want, but you will, through God's provision, find ways to have what you need. Robinson is quite frank about this. He says, when we are told that we don't have enough or we are not good enough, he writes, these are lies. With God, you are enough.
The shepherd provides enough for us by becoming a host. Did you catch that in Psalm 23? We walk through this valley, but where are we going? We are walking to a place where there is a banquet table that is set before us, where there are there will be oil that will anoint our heads and we will be cleansed and we will be provided for, where there will be a, a sumptuous feast that comes before us, a table of abundance that fills us. I often, when I hear this passage, I think of, I think of my grandmother and I think of going to her home or apartment when I was growing up and, and having dinner there. And it was always... It wasn't always the same thing, but it was always about the same thing. It was either wonderful fried chicken or sumptuous roast beef. And there were green beans, mashed potatoes made from scratch, bread that was made, biscuits that were made from scratch, and there was always a dessert, a chocolate fudge cake that was to die for or a coconut cream pie, occasionally a, a lemon meringue pie, and at Christmas, wonderful coconut cake. That sort of banquet is what I imagine that the psalmist is talking about. Now, I'd be way off. You may have your own images about that. But the idea is that God is preparing a place for us. God is preparing a banquet for us where we will be received as as well as any of the best five-star spas of the world. And we will be fed as any of the best five-star restaurants we have. Your cup will overflow, and this will be good. The shepherd becomes the host. The shepherd makes provision. Now, all of this is good stuff. But you know, and I know, that there are times in life when things get difficult, when those valleys flow out in front of us, where there is hard circumstances that we deal with. And we may say, how is it so? How do we navigate through those valleys? What is it that is promised for us? As the shadows linger in our lives, I want to offer you three ways in which this image of shepherd can animate our vision and hold, be held out as an aspiration for where we are to be. The Lord is a shepherd. I am a good shepherd. As, that language is visionary. It is aspirational. It is to paint a picture of something that we can hold on to, we can use as our navigating beacon moving forward in life. It is for us to remember and keep close in our hearts. The second piece of that comes to us in our culture, in our literature, in our art. To Kill a Mockingbird is a great novel you might say it is a great American novel. Novel. Maybe it is, I'll leave this to the English scholars among us, maybe it is the great American novel. I don't know. Um, but it is certainly a very powerful story. 
read worldwide over the last 50 plus years. And it tells the story of a little girl named Scout in Maycomb, Alabama, and the travails of that community. A part of that story centers around her relationship to a man that lives in a house that he never comes out, and they make fun of him. His name is Boo Radley. And he has some form of um, condition that, that holds him back and doesn't allow him to engage with the community. And the children, Scout and her brother Jim and their friends, make fun of him. But on another line in the story, Scout and Jim are threatened by a, a man in the community. They are at risk because of what their father has done. And one night, coming back from a, a Halloween carnival, this other man attacks Scout and her brother. And her brother's arm is broken, and she is upended. But they are saved. An unknown figure emerges out of the shadows and protects them. And that unknown figure is the one that they had made fun of, Boo Radley. He becomes for them a shepherd who protects them in that moment of their vulnerability. He protects them. You can say, well, that's just a story. That's just a novel. That's a movie. It may be great, but what does that have to do with me or my life or my circumstance? There are times in our lives when we will have shepherds come to us, literally, you and me. They will come alongside of us. They may be family. They may be friends. They may be acquaintances. They may be total strangers. But they will come to us in certain moments of our need, and they will guide us through the valley of the shadow toward the banquet table. When I was in my first year of, as a pastor, I developed pneumonia. It was an awful, wicked kind of pneumonia. It was the kind of pneumonia that was referred to for a period of time as the Jim Henson pneumonia, which you, if you remember or have known that, Jim Henson being the creator of the Muppets, but he developed pneumonia and died very quickly, and this was within a year or two after that had happened. I was hospitalized for eight days. I had a fever that made me delirious. I was in a really awful place. When my fever was at its pitch, I was moving in and out of consciousness. I was sweating profusely because I was so, so hot. My wife had stepped away one afternoon and I came to my senses again. And when I did, there was a man sitting there in the chair next to me. His name was Lawrence. He was an elder at the church that I served. And I have this very clear recollection that he was there. It was almost as if he was tending me through this passageway. I know he didn't think of it as that way, and I didn't think of it as that way then, but as I have pondered that, his presence at that moment, when I believe my fever broke, his presence was to guide me 
and to let me know that the community cared about me and that he cared about me. All he did was sit in that chair. At that moment, I understood something that I couldn't put into words, and I couldn't put into words for many years thereafter, but I understood that there is a shepherd who walks with me and with others through this path. I don't know if you have had that sort of experience or not, but I pray that you have had. You've had somebody in your life who you can look back on at some point in your distress, at some point when you were in a valley, maybe some word, maybe some action, maybe some thing that has just happened where they carry you through, they accompany you. Each day there are challenges that we face. We always aren't facing the deepest and darkest valleys. We always aren't having fevers that drive us to delirium. We always aren't dealing with illnesses or, or financial or personal crises. But each day there's a challenge. There's a challenge of some sort. And we need to remember that, yes, there is a good shepherd, and we know that good shepherd that Scripture provides for us. We can see that in, in images of, as different as Boo Radley and, and the images of art, and we can know them in people who have touched our lives in real and meaningful ways. As you listen to the voice of the shepherd, May you find enough for yourself this day. Thanks be to God. Amen. It's been a privilege to join you this day in worship. We're glad that you were here. First Presbyterian Church seeks to serve and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor. Go in peace as you love and serve God.